Yeah, do you have any recollection of when Twitter started their tipping thing? Not including like the Bitcoin stuff because they've had tips for yeah. at some point. I don't. It was st- May. Hmm. Did anyone really use those that you remember? So I signed up to use it and my application is still pending. So in order to access oh. the like monetization function they added, you had to like submit to apply. And so I did that and it says on my phone, application pending. So. So first off, so it seems like there's two levels. Of course, we'll, we'll save a little, some of this for the actual thing, but it seems like there's two levels. You have to get tip verified and then you have to actually get the proper lightning wallet that they do. Uh, well, so no, this was the old tipping function uh, when yeah. they were just adding monetization. So you could like sell ticketed events, you could do, use their spaces, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, apparently, if you go and edit your profile, like if I go into my my account here and I go into my profile, I click edit uh, on my settings. Apparently, there is meant to be a toggle there that says enable tipping. Um, mm-hmm. doesn't exist on my, on my account. <laughs> so I tried to get set up and, uh, there's no way for me to, to access it. I've written to yeah. their support. We'll see what they say, but it's interesting because they are only rolling it out to people over 18. Uh, so yeah. maybe they just think I just look incredibly young or they're confused by yeah. the age that I added in my thing where I clearly lied about it or, you know, I don't, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm not well, going to give twitter my real date of birth that's crazy yeah i mean to be fair um you do not you know i think you're quite you know you could you could pass as possible like under the right lady you could pass (laughs) as not of legal tipping age as they call it not quite couldn't pass quite for 18 it's all right i'm i'm we we let's let's move on from talking about my age do i let's talk about something else okay i'm just People said that you were uh, a little quiet. I changed the levels, and we'll see what they what they say now. How about now? Right. Someone said one time, shout out one time, said she's not as loud as you. And then I added another four decibels. And yeah, how's about now? All of a sudden, you live know. chatters are we'll not see. quite as live chatty. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But you got a good... You got more people on Odyssey than YouTube right now, which is nice. But anyway, while I'm waiting for these nice. people to, you know, answer and stuff or complain, we may just like wait until let's just roll the intro and get right into this. All right. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to Friday. Happy Friday. Wherever you are in the world, hopefully it's five o'clock somewhere. I mean, in the middle of the ocean, probably, but that's, that's a different story. Um, I, I am joined by the wonderful and one and only, um, not old enough for Twitter tipping, Naomi Brockwell. <laughs> How's it going, Naomi? Uh, going great. <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact that I'm getting a little, I'm wanting to be as excited about uh, Twitter tipping as I can, but there are so many things that are just stopping me getting there, and not least of which is the fact that I can't even enable it on my phone. I tried, and uh, the option isn't there. So yeah, we'll definitely get into that specifically. I already got a Odyssey hyper chat from Simon Schubert. Hi, Simon. It says finally my first Odyssey live stream, which I attend. Fire. Well, awesome. thank you. 
I hope we make this fire for you indeed. We got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about, but first of all, in the infamous words of the former president, China. China. China FUD has struck again. Uh, First off, are you up on this very much? I'm sure that... Oh, yeah, of course. So I've heard conflicting reports. Let me play. also play a little dumb on this to let you have your moment to shine because people hear my voice all the time and they don't hear you very much. Uh, How much of this... I saw something about it's fake news that got published by mainstream media and that circulated around. And then I also saw stuff of like actual restrictions and stuff first off was there a fake news element that you could tell and then how real is this and like what really happened well this is 100 percent real like china mm-hmm. has banned bitcoin but uh and crypto in general but it's not new right so the fact that people are looking at all this and saying oh this new breaking news i mean they've they ban it like every Friday, right? <laughs> we keep yeah. hearing like all of these reports. And uh, I mean, this time is a little bit more pronounced. They There are consequences now. They're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, criminal records. They're talking about like, you know, sending people to jail. Like there's real reinforcement of this now. Um, mm-hmm. But this is not new at all. China has not accepted cryptocurrency, not allowed crypto trading, shut down crypto mining. I mean, they're serious about this. But I mm-hmm. think the best way to think about this it was in this tweet uh from dylan leclerc who said why did china only have to ban facebook and google once but has to continue to ban bitcoin over and over again there might be a lesson there and i think that's really the heart of this that we um whenever you have one of these central focal points whenever you have Mm. the facebooks or the googles you know you can literally just throw their ceo in jail if you want or just say you know you cannot run your your servers you have to block ip addresses but when you have a decentralized network you can't Mm -hmm. shut it down and i think that's what china's facing at the the moment because in 2017 they banned it i mean they they banned it many many times in different levels um but it just hasn't gone away and that's because it's a decentralized network and it, it can't be shut down so it really does speak to the uncensorability, the permissionlessness of this system um, is pretty exciting to see this, although it's kind of chilling to see governments crack down on this is exactly what we thought would happen, right? I think yeah. it was Lena um, Zyker who said, if you sell your Bitcoin because an authoritarian government doesn't like it, you don't understand Bitcoin, which is exactly, I mean, she's spot on there because Bitcoin was created as a way to circumvent authoritarian regimes. It was a way to take our monetary system and uh, make it distinct from anything that's controlled by government, to make it you know, controlled by the people rather than by a centralized federal you know, run bank. And so it's very interesting that we are starting to see this big crackdown on mm. with increasing uh, intensity, especially from China. China isn't the last one that's going to do this. I mean, we're going to have bans all over the, the globe. It's an anomaly to see countries like El Salvador embrace Bitcoin. It's an anomaly because they're dollarized, right? They don't mm. have a central yeah. bank. And so as soon as, you know, US monetary policy doesn't work for them, sure, they can start looking into Bitcoin. But most governments do have central banks and they cling so strongly onto those central banks because the ability to print money is you know their their bread and butter it's how they pay for everything it's how they devalue all of our savings and tick off all the things on their wish list like bombing syria or whatever else whatever atrocity they want to do with this money um and so these governments aren't going to come down hard they're going to increasingly come down hard and china is definitely not the the last time we've we've heard of country bans is going to keep going 
Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's taken China so long to do this kind of thing because they're kind of a, you know, the the Chinese Communist Party is not the nicest, most pro-freedom entity in the world. And yet Bitcoin has been a big part, has been, you know, Bitcoin and China have been inexorably tied for a long time. And then there's like, the, oh, they might shut down this exchange or they might regulate this. It's just taken years and then the clamp, the clamp. I wonder what it was that tipped them over. But also... Yeah. I think maybe it's just the fact that, sorry, it's wrap, uh, but no yeah, what, what tipped them over? Th th no one's listening. They can't shut it down and it still persists there, right? And so I, I think they're so used to being able to say, this is our proclamation, do not use this thing and people stop using it. And then the fact that this hasn't disappeared, I think that's why they um, just increasingly cracked down. There was another tweet that I thought was hilarious. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone tweeted out, um, uh, so it was from Doge Toshi said yeah. breaking china super ultra mega bands bitcoin with increased extra force and that's kind of yeah how I feel for reals the situation this time is right now like uber extra total serious this time like they keep yeah. doing it and it doesn't really change anything but keep, it reminds me I, of the, I, the munch kid song and the wizard of oz or you know She's not only merely dead, she's really most sincerely dead. <laughs> it's like, this really most sincerely banned this time. <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting. So I was honestly, uh, I've been, ever since I've heard about crypto, and I looked into it, I have been extremely positive about it. Like, this is changing the world. This is amazing, all this kind of stuff. There was a couple of times where I got a little bit worried. Didn't change that, but I got a little bit worried. One of which was relatively recently with when I saw how much of the market relied on Tether. And there was a lot of, there is still a lot of sketchy stuff about them. But I, I was worried that a Tether collapse would temporarily, of course not permanently, plunge like the crypto markets into the dark ages for like a year or so. And that was one worry. But the other worry thing was China. Like how much, if you look at the hash rates and stuff in the past, almost like 85% of like all crypto hash rate was in China. And then ASIC mm -hmm. manufacturing was all in China and just everything was all in this like, I mean, all that in the US would make me uncomfortable. But all that in a, you know, a communist authoritarian country you know, not saying the U.S. is uh, the U.S. federal government is that much better, but at least you know it's still like it was like that. The you know this what do they call sort of Damocles like hanging above you or whatever the expression is. It's just like oh no, when's this? When is China really gonna like start screwing things up? I thought they would keep mining, and I just thought that they would make all uh, mining pools register and then start selectively censoring transactions and stuff. And it's just, what are you going to do? Just start mining at a loss in a different country because we have the uncensored pool. And like, it would it would have been a big problem. And just the fact that like China seemingly like graciously, bit by bit, just sort of said, no, no, freedom tech out of this country. And now I feel so much better about crypto now that it's much less China dependent. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a mixed situation, right? Because... I want to see the Chinese get access to this too. You know, if they're mm -hmm. finding that this is helpful to them, I mean, they're literally using this to circumvent an authoritarian regime. They're using this as a way to get capital out of the country. Um, and so I think that 
you know, them not having as easy access to this as they previously did. That I mean, that's not that's not a good thing. Um, we have to differentiate between the Chinese people who are running this and the Chinese party, right? So the Chinese government, obviously, we don't want them to control anything. And when you have things based in China, it does make it easier to be co-opted. At the same time, it is a lot harder to co-opt Bitcoin, even if it is in your jurisdiction, um than it is like a central company where you can literally just seize the building like to seize bitcoin you have to seize you know thousands of computers completely geographically dispersed know where they're all located like it, it, it is more difficult but i will grant that it is possible so i can understand why people felt threatened by that um i'm not sure that it's that much better that so much of it has moved to north america because the i mean north american regulations around cryptocurrency don't look promising um it looks like it's I mean, UK as well, when they're talking about the central bank digital currencies yesterday and say how they want to be able to program them to, for, so that people can only make sensible purchases or those approved by the government. You know, as soon as they do stuff like that, they're not going to want people to have a choice. So, um, you know, what do they what do they do to respond to that? Like they probably shut down competition. So it's like it's a bit of a mix. I want to see these countries continue to have access, especially if it's if it's valuable to them. Um, but I agree that definitely I mean, Venezuela, they co-opted everything right when in, when they cracked down on bitcoin mining they didn't like ban it they just said oh it's completely legal but you have to register with us and it all goes into this national pool um that's definitely one way to do it and i would be more worried about something like that um but yeah it's very very interesting to see china kicking it out completely yeah and that's uh that's something that's interesting when you talk about proof of work versus proof of stake because proof of work has some very physical consequences. It's a very, like, the profitability of mining through proof of work is less constant, right? There's a lot of other things like cheap electricity, manufacturing, location, all that kind of stuff. Whereas, like, people just having coins and then being, having a jurisdiction, it's a lot easier to say, move your staked whatever to just a, company, a country that has a better jurisdiction. But so that's another thing. I'm... I like that proof of stake, proof of service, staked, whatever, has a completely different kind of economic side of things than, you know, just proof of work. So that especially if you use like a hybrid system, you know, like a decred or a dash type thing, or just using is having both pro like a project proof of work or a proof of stake one in your portfolio, for example, it's just the odds of all that being under the same jurisdiction that can be shut down are just not as high. Yeah, no, I definitely am interested as proof of stake models get experimented with more. Ethereum's heading down that path, Zcash is exploring that path. Um, I definitely think that it makes a lot of sense. So mm. uh, we'll see what, yeah, see what happens in that realm. We also got proof of social media, which is, you know, my favorite proof one. Proof of social media. Yeah, so... By the way, I have noticed that um, the whenever I see the YouTube viewer count dropping and then the Odyssey one popping up, because I always put the Odyssey stream link in the YouTube stream, and so mm -hmm. people go in this trip and just switch on over. That always warms my heart. So yeah, yay for decentralization. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, way for decentralized tech and all that kind of stuff. So the speaking of decentralized tech and decentralization and the little nuance between them, Twitter has apparently gone and enabled Bitcoin tips. So what is your hot take Maybe. on all this kind of a thing? 
I mean, I, as I said, I've tried to set it up and it won't let me. So I am yet to verify that it is actually out there and available. Um, I mean, I have a couple of takes on this. So for starters, it's not so, I mean, earlier today on the hash, we were chatting about this and one of my co-hosts brought up like, this is great. It's getting back to this peer-to-peer -peer nature of crypto where you can just send people money and tweet, like tip them for like a social media post or whatever. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, on the one hand, I'm really happy that Twitter has added this, right? I love the mm -hmm. idea that they're helping to popularize Bitcoin. That's a huge step in the right direction because they have such a huge user base of people who've never used cryptocurrency at all. So if this can mm -hmm. be an onboarding process for them that's awesome but let's not delude ourselves and think that this is in any way peer-to-peer -peer. i mean this is all handled by a third party there is an intermediary here not only is there an intermediary but it's all kyc they have access to your address to your name to your birth date to like mm -hmm. all your information so this is actually the antithesis of crypto um so i i'm you know just because there's that element of it. It doesn't make me hate the uh, situation because there are a lot of very valuable third-party applications that I use. Uh, there are lots mm -hmm. of intermediaries that I use uh, to facilitate uh, crypto. I don't think those are going to go away. Obviously, I love crypto because it gives you the ability to send things peer-to-peer -peer if you want to, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just am not going to delude myself into thinking that this is some sort of peer-to-peer -peer system at all. You know, this is a, a custodial, completely KYC, hand over all your data to a third party and they potentially take a cut or they have the ability to um, situation and uh, that's that's the reality of it. I mean, I am, I'm going to set it up on my Twitter. I'm going to try it out. I try out like, you know, maybe like 15 different social media platforms where people can tip me in cryptocurrency. Uh, mm. I like to test them all out and compare them and this will definitely be added to my, uh, my roster of, of those things. And so I'll let you know when I've tried it out, yeah. I think. But um, it, it's cool that people are getting involved. Um, and let's just kind of keep in mind what what it is, like the reality of this. But very cool that Twitter is is embracing cryptocurrency. So we did get, speaking of tips, a hyper chat. Naomi can't use Twitter Bitcoin tipping because she spent less than 18 years in crypto. Winky. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, that's funny that's pretty funny so you know what's funny about this thing is this act it surprised me how they did it what i thought first off what i think everyone thought was twitter was going to open up a lightning channel to every single user which if anyone who uses lightning like i do sometimes that's hundreds of millions of Bitcoin transactions on chain, right? And that's just never going to happen, literally years worth of stuff. So what I assumed is they would have a centralized service in Twitter that everyone would sign up for and it would kind of do that. And it would just all be through this one centralized thing. It The Twitter end of it, Twitter actually did almost nothing, I have to say, in this thing, which I guess it, viewing the complexity, I don't know if it's like a, a positive, you know, vibe for Jack Dorsey that he decided to kind of have a hands-off approach to facilitating this. But basically the only thing that they did is they just added a little button that when you do it, it just opens a wallet. So it's a, it's a glorified paste your address in your bio. It's that's literally what what Twitter did. And I'm not I'm not using it to take away from because it, it is peer-to-peer -peer in that way. The problem is they only let you paste your address equivalent to a centralized custodial service right now, but you can use any 
decentralized wallet or your own full note or whatever to pay those directly. So it is peer to, it's it's kind of like saying post your Coinbase address in there. It's just like, oh, it's peer to peer, but you need a Coinbase too. So it's it's a little weird and I think they're going to as other things use the strike API. Like you will be able to have other types of wallets in there eventually. But you know what I think is funny? Like I uh, hopefully you don't spend too much time on TikTok because it's a bare and desolate wasteland of devoid of intellect or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> you know the top that talk TikTok TikToker dude, I don't forget his name, but the the guy the African guy who goes just like, I don't know if you've seen that. It's just like they take these super complicated videos of like, oh, look, you know, handcraft your own whatever, sip, 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 or whatever. Some needlessly complicated thing. And the guy just has a deadpan like face and just does something really simple like, you know, just like, <laughs> look, there you go. And so the version of that, and sit him in the in a live chat says, TikTok is amazing. Stop hating. Okay. Okay. I would say, okay, boomer, but I'm being the boomer here. But anyway, that's kind of what you can tip on. You can tip any cryptos on Twitter right now, just as easily as a tipping function, just as peer to peer, if not more without a custodial service. And here's how you do it. And I actually tried it out yesterday because I wanted to see if you tweet out your public address, right? And of course, yeah, I see Naomi's privacy eyes just like burning behind. I'm like, oh no, but you know, who cares? Uh, anyway, if you tweet out your private address or your like .eth domain or whatever, and you pin that message, someone can just literally go to your front page, open that copy, put it in the wallet and pay as easily as this tipping API thing. So, Let me uh, provide like a counterfactual that to that. So when you first had internet uh, search engines, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that allow you to navigate the internet so you got the google and the bing and the duck duck go and all of that mm -hmm. and there was a battle when these first came around for who was going to take the reins and become the dominant player in this field now the dominant uh like browser at the time was it um oh i can't remember which one it was but whichever browser this was the one that everyone was using they added yahoo in the little bar up the top. Like it's just mm -hmm. as easy for someone to type in, you know, yahoo.com or whatever yeah. and, and find this thing. But the mere fact of putting their search engine just right there in the bar actually mm -hmm. was a game changer. And so many other competitors just pulled out of the race after that happened. So I, I disagree that it's exactly as easy. There's a big difference between having an integrated button that says, you know, click here to mm -hmm. monetize and going to someone's Twitter feed and finding the thing and, and doing it all through that. There's a big difference. And also, um, I mean, we've had brace, brave tipping on on uh, Twitter for a long time, but that hasn't really taken off because yeah. again, you've got to integrate Brave and then sure it's even embedded in there. Like the, it's actually integrated into people's tweets. There's a little icon you can click and send them Brave yeah. tokens. But even then it's sort of this, like the slightest amount of friction there. The, if it takes you to a different page or a different tab, like all of that really does make a big difference. So yeah. the fact that they're integrating this natively, I think actually is a huge step for Bitcoin. Yeah, it and it definitely is in the in that it just kind of makes it more obvious. Uh, the thing is, 
as so also was pointed out, there are tip bots on Twitter, which work right. well. They're just, you know, well, you got to figure out how to use each one. Everyone's like mm -hmm. trying to tip me nano and some bullshit like that. Like, I, I don't know how to <laughs> get it out or like, oh, how does this tip bot work? Do you have to message? Do you have to do it publicly on Twitter? And I don't want to do like boomer tweets out there. And the thing is, like, as far as Bra Brave is a completely, the bat token is a giant missed opportunity in my opinion just because like brave is amazing the bat token like mm -hmm. first off runs on ethereum oh like that that's gonna go well right with all the congestion but also just the the fact that no one has that for any reason and it's like it's kyc like you have to do kyc to get it out and you can kind of keep it in the ecosystem it's just not they introduce way too many friction points in using bat for that to be useful now as far as like the button itself Yes, having a button itself is a lot better than, you know, copied pasting the janky ass address like I was talking about. But what they could have done instead of like, oh, you know, the strike API and all this mysterious stuff and you have to do this and rolling out for only certain, all they could have had is literally have a quick little API where you plug in your extended public key. That's the public key that generates a new address every time it's called. You just put that in. And every time someone hits that, just say, oh, it just says like open with wallet, edge wallet, whatever else. It just opens it up and you just pick. It's literally just as easy. But because Jack is like a lightning guy, I mean, maybe he just not super educated on it. And he all the maximalists say this is the only way to do it. But because of that, like he was doing this overly complicated lightning thing when you could have just put an option for an XPUB key. You just go in and tip. But like. As you said, either way, it's just the access and the simplicity of it is really going to start launching crypto as a whole forward into people's mind shares as far as, you know, this is money you can just send to people for no reason at all if you want. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I think there'll be far more people who enable the tipping function so they can receive it uh, mm -hmm. rather than people who are willing to spend uh, their Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, the whole Bitcoin mentality is hold for forever, never spend it. I don't see why that mentality changes as soon as you add it to the second layer. Now that it's like on the lightning, why does that suddenly make it an asset that you're willing to part with? So the whole mentality of these Bitcoiners who want to hold onto their assets forever, I just don't see that changing anytime soon. And anyone who doesn't have that mindset generally i mean they're using other coins that are a lot cheaper to send and a lot easier to send anyway um so it'll be interesting to see what kind of traction this even has but i agree with you just like op occupying the mind share of people is super important mm -hmm. if we think about all of the mind control that twitter does i don't mean to like put on a tinfoil hat right now and be like mind control but the globalists <laughs> Yeah, on in your feed, on the right-hand side, there's literally a bunch of curated topics where Twitter is saying, look here, these are the things we want, we want you to focus on. It's amazing how many times I go into Twitter because I'm trying to do work or research something or whatever, and I see that, and I'm like, oh... Lindsay Lohan's in trouble. And I'm like, no, Naomi, you don't care about Lindsay Lohan. You've never seen any of her videos. Why would you? No, quit? no offense like to Miss Lohan, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure she's a fine young lady. I just don't like care. Clicking and I'm in a rabbit hole. And then I've lost mm -hmm. like 20 minutes, right? So they really do have the ability to kind of curate your focus for the day. So if they're also adding in a little thing that says tip in Bitcoin, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like I yeah. like the people are gonna see that. If we're gonna have mind control, I'd, I'd, I'm glad that they're at least using some of that for good. Yes, and it, so first off, we, if anyone 
like because again, got my lightning node going here and some stuff. If anyone activates that stuff and wants some free lightning stuff, wants some sats, I can send it to them. It's is because I don't have to do KYC to send it. I don't so that that part I don't care about. Um, <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny how um, we talk about like the mind control part, the mind share bit, and it's funny because I've been out. I like I don't watch TV. I never really have. I don't go to mainstream media sites and just and the disconnect between people like me and the average person has grown vastly over the past couple yeah. of years. And so like every time I'm on Twitter, they're shoving all this stuff on the side. Well, according to fact checkers, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's always some. And I view that as the, I literally I'm OK with seeing that because I view it as the propaganda bar because it just literally all the state propaganda just pops up there as like whatever. And then I. The trending, though, is hackable because sometimes like Rothbard will be trending. Thanks, Jack, by the way. Sometimes you'll just have yeah. something like cool that trends for like a little bit. Like Secession was trending, I think, the other day. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> a bunch of real, you know, good stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that is true. We got a hyper chat, by the way, um, which has Naomi been keeping up with eCash, a.k.a. Bitcoin ABC, um, or as, as people have said you know, imitating our, our buddy Amari's say, Art de Monet, the Art de Monet. <laughs> so first of you, keep up with eCash. Second, are your thoughts about the Gary Gensler and Coinbase Armstrong with the, with the dust up and stuff. So first, right. first. Well, e -cash. Um, so I it's like B cash. E -cash. It's, it's like B cash, but the B is silent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E cash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to. Um, I have some people who said that they're going to be like setting me announcements when big things happen. So definitely uh, it's something that's like in my visual area that I'm trying to keep up with. Um, I haven't focused on it right now. Like I'm waiting to see, like for me, I'm just a very practical person. Mm -hmm. I want things that I like platforms that I can use right now. So really the currency that I use ends up being a, a product of, of whatever the, the platform is. So if I want to buy something on Amazon, you know, I can use purse.io. So that's a reason for me to use the currencies offered there. A bit refill, they offer certain currencies. So I'll use them. Dash Direct offers certain currencies. So, you know, it's it very much, it's like, how do I integrate this into my day-to-day -day life rather than let me bet on a currency and wonder which one is going to be really popular in the future. But very smart team behind it. Love the um, the eCash team. Love Amari. Um, so definitely interested in seeing what happens there and uh, seeing what kind of like applications are built on top of that uh, in terms of the Gensler stuff oh my gosh so I'm very sad to see Coinbase stop their Lend product uh, anyone who's watching who doesn't know about the dust up uh, basically the SEC sent um, what's called a Wells notice to Coinbase, which basically says this is a threat that we are going to sue you if you don't stop this product and the Lend app i mean their lend service was literally just like hey you could learn earn four percent interest uh by um uh staking your usdc right and so the SECs come in and they're like no not four percent interest and how so will like, the banks compete how will the <laughs> banks compete and so um yeah i mean so they've they 
setting this Wells notice, Coinbase, I was really proud of them for going public about this. Not many companies would do that because the SEC is a scary, scary organization that can completely kill your business. But they went public with it. They said, listen, we just don't understand. We've gotten no clarity. We've asked for feedback, like what exactly is the security that we're offering? They won't tell us. So we thought there was going to be a big battle on the horizon, but then uh, this week, Coinbase actually turned around and said, okay, we're just going to drop the Lend product. But at the same time, they also said that they're putting together like a proposal for how crypto might be better regulated. At the moment, it's basically being regulated out of existence. We've seen the SEC just go after, you know, Library, for example. Um, ter terrible what they've done there. So it's been a, a, that's a case that's been going on for three years, right? Where they've been mm -hmm. in, in talks with the SEC, trying to get clarity, trying to say, hey, how do we do this legally? Meanwhile, Gensler is out there saying, all you need to do is come talk to us. Let's engage with the community. We want to have a chat with you. Come on in. Library's been trying to do that for I three years. I just want to talk. Uh, I just want to talk. Uh, and yeah, library's been trying to do that. They've got no clarity. The SEC refuses to tell them how to do it legally. So, I mean, it's just, he's, he's a liar. It's not about uh, engagement at all. It's really about controlling this system. We have these archaic laws that the SEC has bound themselves to, and it's the laws that need to be changed. You know, we need to figure out why we're stopping US citizens from accessing 4% interest in their stable coins. It's, it's crazy that they don't have access to those products yet. The rest of the world does. So, um, you know, and if you look at like where some of these exchanges are banned <laughs> all over the world, it'd be like a bunch of really bad authoritarian dictators. And then there'll be the US in there. And you're like, yeah. hmm, interesting. <laughs> like, you know, maybe I should be getting some more information uh, from this signaling that they're providing us by banning this. But yeah, the Gensler thing's super sad. Yeah, it's funny what you mentioned lumping the U.S. in with authoritarian states. The U.S. is a free country, possibly, probably, depending on where you are, the, the freest in the world, with the caveat that there's this horrendous monstrosity of the federal government that it's just like a duality of things. Like you can basically do whatever you want, but then the feds can also you know, do some crazy stuff. And so, yeah, it's especially with the finance, finance and like war are the big things that the, you know, the feds suck at. And so that's why, you know, DeFi is important. And so what pe people are trying to, you know, basically I think that a lot of DeFi outfits are just going to be run out of other countries. And of course, Absolutely. you know, they're De DeFi, they're going to be de-run, right? They're going to be run all over the place, but you know, a lot of them are just going to be run out of other countries. Like, how many Thorchain nodes do you think are going to be based in the U.S.? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not yeah. very much. But then people are just going to start, you know, you can't, the U.S. is, I don't think the U.S. has the will. Again, the, the federal government has the will to ban U.S. customers from, like, owning and using crypto tokens and downloading apps or APK files. Like, I don't... Maybe I'm being optimistic. I don't think that they have the guts to do that. I think they just will start cracking down these companies. And so they won't even stop what they're trying to stop. All they'll do is just push innovation and money. Like I'm sure Coinbase pays a hell of a lot in taxes, right? It's just going to push it to other countries and other countries are going to do well. And then the U.S. federal government is going to lose money. Boo-hoo-hoo. 
Well, I think that there are ways that they can ban this or throttle this without outright banning it. I mean, the history of private money is basically a history of the United States taxing it out of existence. I mean, the, this history that Gensler et al. Uh, spin is a complete rewrite. It's revisionist history. They talk about this wildcat banking era and how we don't want to go back to that because it was chaos. And you talk to actual monetary historians. Um, and uh, like George Selden, for example, brilliant. And he just written so many books, like one of them sitting on my uh, shelf up there. Um, you know, and he just says, no, that's completely false. The reason why governments came in and were able to co-opt the system, it isn't because people were grateful that the government came in and regulated it and provided a better, safer option. They literally had to tax the private competitors out of existence that's how mm -hmm. they stop people using these things because it's too expensive every time you use one of these private banknotes to pay an extra tax on top of that now the u.s government is already trying that trick with uh with bitcoin and with other cryptocurrencies by saying well we as the IRS are deeming this to be property, which is completely different to how every other government uh, organization is considering this or classifying this. So as property, again, it's an added tax burden every time you spend it. And so they're counting on the fact that people will just kind of be scared away and it'll be considered too much of a headache to keep track of all this stuff. And so they won't use cryptocurrency. And that's how they've already throttled it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, Joel, you you're someone who lives entirely unbanked. You are mm -hmm. living the crypto dream. Like you're a trailblazer for showing people that it's possible to live on cryptocurrency. Every time yeah. I bring up your story to people and all the comments to my video interview with you, it's filled with people being like, well, I couldn't possibly spend it because you know, the tax implications. Like it kind of reminds me of, of China banning crypto with people being like, oh, I can't use it because this authoritarian regime has banned it. It's like, well, mm -hmm. no, that's why you have an alternative money to circumvent the authoritarian regime, right? So yeah. um, I think that, that people, first of all, if you wanna pay your taxes, it's actually not a headache. Uh, I have a video walkthrough on how to pay crypto taxes if that's the route you want to go. I will also say that taxes are inherently immoral. They're used to leverage Taxation the enormous power of the state. Taxation is theft. It is. Um, you know, it's, it's used for all kinds of atrocities, like I said at the start, you know, bombing Syria, for example. So if that's a system that you want to support, then go ahead. And I, it's definitely not a showstopper to have to pay taxes on crypto. It's actually really easy if that's the route you want to go. So the fact that people keep using this as a reason for people to stop using crypto, I just, mm -hmm. I just don't buy it. I think these people just are very comfortable with their fiat lives and their credit cards and their yeah. bank accounts. And they're not that's interested true. in supporting our decentralized future. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, obviously living on, first off, the unbanked lifestyle isn't like, you know, being like General Patton is more like being Anne Frank, you know, hiding from stuff. It's not, <laughs> it's not super glamorous, right? Sometimes a little, a little sketch, but uh, in my view, yes, the, uh, what do they call it? The, um, the capital gains excuse is like when people say they can't move to New Hampshire because it's too cold. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a little cold sometimes, but like you put out your fine, like how about it's just the most nonsense excuse. <laughs> you know, it's like people live in yeah. Chicago. They're like, well, I would move to the, you know, the former whatever financial center of whatever. I would move, totally move there if it wasn't so darn cold. It's one of the same things. Like, and that kind of goes into, um, I got to actually reset the chat thingy here. But 
Um, I actually got had... a super chat on uh, Cointree as well. Yes. It was that from Herman, the guy who. Uh, no, this is from Anonymous. It says Digital Cash Ooh. Network podcast. Thank you, whoever Ooh. Anonymous is. Oh, this is, a, this is a different. Let me lead it because I got too many. So it skipped over one and you can't go back because, you know, it's not meant to be that way. Uh, anyway, okay. Herman's said, um, did Naomi use Dash Direct in the past weeks? If yes, is she content? If not, why not? Greetings, Herman's. She said also gave to Cointree.mbtv. So oh, Herman's actually, he, pa he passed the love along. So have you used Dash Direct in the past several weeks? And if yes, well, did you like it? If not, why not? I have not used it in the past several weeks. Uh, the past several weeks have been pretty hectic for me. I mm -hmm. traveled to New York for a wedding. I've done a whole bunch of things that didn't include eating out and buying things. But Dash Direct is definitely right up there on my radar. I mean, I've been testing out a bunch of different platforms recently about like ways you can spend crypto in your everyday life. I've even been testing out crypto credit cards, full KYC. So it's not something that you can just like get an app and log into kind of seeing what's out there in terms of optionality dash is really right up there at the one of the top just simply for the savings and the number of places so i will be um i just it's just not something that i've been been doing the last few yeah. weeks so that is a fun so regarding the capital gains type thing the property um by using dash direct you basically have a a like a record of like like you bought this much like at this price and so it makes stuff i mean well ryan taylor tweeted this thing out and about how it makes reporting capital gains type stuff a whole lot simpler and easier hmm. um, just because of that whole thing but that's that's all a side thing um let me see if let me check out this one it gets a little cut off because you know whatever uh but only are you guys concerned about the new digital dollar that the fed wants to put up and then I was wondering if I should go full crypto and live off that. That's a good idea. And that's from Pozo. Hey, Pozo. That's a, a buddy of mine. Hey, Pozo. Um, yeah, so are you worried about um, CBDCs? So yes and no. Yes, I am. I'm terrified of it because I think they're going to go the same route as China and the UK. I think they're going to say this is a way that we can control consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. This is a way that we can direct people to spending things uh, when we want to spend it. We could, you know, have money set to expire in someone's account if they don't send it fast enough. So if we want to control the velocity of money, this is a very easy way for them to do that. So if this option for control is out there, they're absolutely going to take it. So I am terrified about that. But what gives me great hope is that the government no longer has a monopoly on money. Like if this had happened before Bitcoin and this was just like, hey, we're putting out this digital thing and we're getting rid of cash and everything's going to be centralized, I would be so terrified. But the fact that we already have decentralized currencies, we have all these alternatives, why would people want to use the central bank digital currency? I mean, and that leads me directly into the next point. You know, yeah, sure. If you want to dive all the way into crypto, I think it's awesome. I personally am not all the way in crypto, right? I am not as hardcore as Joel. I live by. Don't want to be on Frank quite him. yet. <laughs> I, I admire him. I think it's awesome. And actually, I'm constantly learning from him about ways to live your everyday life in crypto, pay your bills, buy your groceries. He always has some awesome tips. Um, but I do still have a bank account simply because, you know, through my work, I'm 
earning money from an organization that is unable to pay in cryptocurrency. Um, and I'm by necessity need a bank account in order to accept checks. Like there's so many different ways that I mm -hmm. am forced into using this system, but I am doing everything I can to extricate myself. So that money is actually going straight into crypto every time it arrives. So although I do still have a bank account, although I do kind of still have that um, in my life, I am uh, you know more and more convinced that the future for the US dollar doesn't look great just in terms of inflation. The future for the, you know, the, the world now that we've kind of taken back control of the money supply that's really how you control society and now that that's no longer in government hands i think that things are going to be very interesting so i'm i'm not keeping uh keeping money in in cash that's for sure um so like i'm not going to encourage you to go all the way into crypto i think it's awesome when people do that they're fully embracing that but you need to figure out your own risk profile uh if there was a downturn in the market if the u.s government did turn around and ban it and you lost a huge amount of your savings like are you able to continue to go on uh with that money in there you know maybe you could go all into cryptocurrency but in a stable coin or something something like die that's yeah. decentralized so a lot of things to think about there i won't presume to know your situation or you know tell you what i think you should do there but definitely you know i see lots of different people uh, increasingly go into the um, crypto world it is becoming easier and it's really exciting to see them just kind of really embrace this life of having sovereign money yeah and i to my spit on that thing should everyone do what i do no not yet not today maybe a couple of years from now but everyone should do stuff and so like i see like there's just uh, so what one thing maybe my pessimism a little bit but like almost everyone who talks about crypto doesn't use it and then you have like for the mat for the most part like people in like the bitcoin cash community who like buy like a couple things for like photo ops and then still don't use it and it's no criticism to like just like no one really does and it just there's a couple there's always those few people that i know that have regular spending habits in crypto and it, you don't have to get rid of your bank account to spend it once in a while and so you know it's funny is someone just posted speaking of like the dash direct app i think that that's one of those like missing links of like l small enough friction high enough incentive to spend it because like some guy i know who i know has a bank account and stuff uh, he just posted like, oh, I love this app. It's awesome. And he posted like something like $140 saved or something. And so hundred that's saved, like that's not spent that's saved. And it's like, yeah. well, you just like home improvement from Lowe's and stuff. And I know someone else who's done that. And if you go to, um, uh, a dude, I know he's a pretty, pretty hilarious, great follow on Twitter, C4 chaos, like C4, like the explosive chaos. And he's ever since he's done Dash Direct every day or at least five times a week, he's posting a Dash Direct video buying it. And he just did his like posted his history and he's just like, it's like one of those CVS receipts worth of like times he spent <laughs> Dash. It just, it's incredible that like, and I'm sure he still has a bank account, right? But he's using mm -hmm. this stuff. And as you mentioned, purse, yeah. if you want to go through this little like loop, loop, jumping around stuff, you can save a lot of money on Amazon. You spend stuff on Amazon a whole lot. You know, there's mm -hmm. like, if you just find plays, ways that make sense, or like if you live a, in an awesome place like New Hampshire, then go frequent the places that accept it, you know, which anypaymap.com yeah. really helps you get into to, to be able to see that. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's just kind of paramount to that. I should give a shout out to in the live chat here. We have Bitcoin Jake 09 
who is the person who made this Cointree plugin thingy that I use in OBS. So thank you very much. Uh, is it Bitcoin Jayco 9 on Cointree? Because if it is, um, go there. If He'll correct me in the live chat if, it, if it's something different on Cointree. But then go throw him some Cointree tips. In fact, mm -hmm. I will after this thing's done. One thing that I will say about um, the people who, I mean, I get lots of haters who don't want to spend their crypto who are like, this is the dumbest thing. Why would I spend something that's worth, you know, going to be worth 10 times as much tomorrow? <laughs> it's like, well, why are you holding all your fiat if you th could be holding something that's going to be worth 10 times more tomorrow? And if you are, then you're saving money. You're not losing money, right? So the whole capital gains thing, let's, let's presume that you're completely law-abiding, paying all your capital gains and all that. Are you losing money by spending your crypto or are you saving money? First mm -hmm. of all, if you buy your crypto at $10 and it goes up to $100, right? You've made a ton of money there. So if you then you know, spend some of your money, you've, you've, you're spending a tiny fraction uh, of the percentage of, of the coin that you originally have. So the amount that you originally paid for it is a lot lower. So you're saving a ton of money just by virtue of the fact that the value yeah. of the coin itself is going up. And then on top of that, let, sure, you might pay capital gains on that, like 20%, let's say, whatever. Um, so that's 20% of your gain, not of the total value of how mm -hmm. much you made. So you're still making money regardless of whether you're paying taxes or not. Then you add to that all the wonderful things that Joel mentioned, mm -hmm. where you've got you know, purse.io, where you can save up to 33% on every Amazon purchase, where you've got Dash Direct, where you can spend save up to like 12% or 15% on your purchases. You could be saving a huge amount of money on top of that. So there are a whole lot of reasons for people to be spending their crypto. It's crazy to me. Like, obviously people are thinking, Every time I spend crypto, I have to convert it from fiat and into crypto and there's an exchange fee and there's friction and all of that. And then I spend it. It's a hassle. Like, I agree. I wouldn't live like that. I would be putting all of my money into crypto to start off with, um, you know, and you just pay whatever the one uh, transaction fee is there and you're mm -hmm. still making a, a ton of money there. And the worst case scenario, the value can go down and Joelle has lived through many a bear market to know that it hurts Wee. to see all of your value go down. He's a Wee. tried and true warrior there. Uh, but yeah. even then, that means that you can actually uh, take a loss on your capital gains, which means mm -hmm. that you have a bunch of money there that uh, you've, you've lost from this value that you can then put against any gains you make in the future. And that can carry over indefinitely if you, uh, if you uh, have too many losses that it can't all be counted in a single tax year. So actually, there are a bunch of reasons yeah. why crypto makes a lot of sense to people. Well, and the first part we said about like holding fiat, that's something that I've, especially like salty maximalist who does is you shouldn't be spending it any, why not use a card? I like to yeah. like, it's not just, well, why do you have fiat is what I always say, but then I like to like rub it in that they're fiat maximalists. It just, mm -hmm. and it, it really, it makes them super quiet when I just say like, oh, you just love your card, don't you? Just that, well, you might as well put Wells Fargo eyes instead of like, and they just like, cause you can't say anything. Anyway, I love it. Yeah. So we got this super chat here, hyper chat, whatever. Uh, hi, hi, this is from one time. Hi, one time. Um, hi, Joel and Naomi. Is liberty and voluntarism increasing in the world? I'm worried it seems like there's more acceptance of authoritarianism now because of the P word. I don't know if it's censored on YouTube. I don't know what YouTube censors anymore. And fear. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Naomi, real quick on that one? Um, so wait, read it again. Is libertarian voluntarianism is, um, increasing? 
I'm worried it seems there's more acceptance of authoritarian because of the P-word fear. Um, yeah, I think we might have slightly opposite views on this, so definitely go first. Yeah, so I think that it's a mix. Um, it's sort of this cat and mouse game between freedom, privacy, and then authoritarian control on the other side. So governments, yes, are cracking down a huge amount. If you look at what's going on in Australia, it's a disaster. Um, mm -hmm. You have journalists being thrown in jail. You have activists being thrown in jail for incitement because they dare, you know, not be in lockdown for like the 22, <laughs> the, the 200th consecutive day. Like it's, it's crazy what we've come to accept as a society, as normal and the powers that we've granted government. Um, in America, I mean, it's really is, it's not better. Authoritarianism is rife all the way through, like mm -hmm. across the globe. If I'm thinking, well, where's the good place to live? It gets really difficult to find one. Um, so that should make me disheartened. But at the same time, we have such a tremendous advancement of technology right now that I'm incredibly excited. I don't think mm -hmm. politicians have quite realized that the tables have already turned. Yeah. We have so many decentralized technologies. Let's just start with cryptocurrency. The fact that it's now in our hands is decentralized systems that can't be shut down. I don't think governments have really wrapped their head around that yet. It's slow on the uptake as people start to understand the system and all the freedoms it entails, but it's mm -hmm. coming like a steamroller. We got a taste of this with 3D printing, right? Where mm -hmm. suddenly we can make things in our houses like, and no one can stop us because we literally just have these tiny little manufacturing machines that can make whatever we want. You had this big case, uh, Defense Distributed, against the US government where they dared to publish the blueprints for their, their gun. And the government said, you can't do that. They said, we can, it's freedom of speech. And they won. Well, then the government, of course, went after Cody Wilson anyway and got him for something completely different, um, basically soliciting a prostitute. But it turns out that she'd lied about her age to get onto the prostitution yeah. site. And so there's a whole bunch of controversy Yeah, he was still being, he's still being dumb, but it's not, yeah, he, he shouldn't go to jail dumb, for just being point. dumb. Like the, the point is that they found a way to get him, but the principle, the freedom of speech is still there. And governments, I mean, they can keep trying to make cases out of people like Cody Wilson and throw them in jail as like, don't you dare try to cross us. This is what could happen. But the cat's out of the bag. This technology Absolutely. is out there. They can't throw everyone in jail for just using this stuff. And this stuff isn't illegal to use, right? Mm -hmm. We all have the freedom to, to make things at home. So um, there's so many decentralized technologies, decentralized autonomous organizations. The fact that Shapeshift was forced into this very uncomfortable position where they had to turn on KYC for all of their customers. Their entire business model um, you know, went down the drain. They lost 90% of their uh, their customer base. And so eventually they just said, listen, enough is enough. They decided to decentralize their entire company. They're now turning into over the next few months, a, a DAO. So Shapeshift will cease to exist as a company, which means that the government can no longer target the CEO, can no longer target Shapeshift servers, can no longer target the team involved because it's a completely decentralized project and will be going forward. So we have all these tools up our sleeves now where uh, governments can't use their their trick of just going after the centralized focal point. And that's mm -hmm. really exciting. You know, it's funny. You know that meme of like that little girl smiling at the camera while there's like a house on fire in the background? <laughs> yeah. The house on fire is like Coinbase and stuff like that. And the little girl smiling is Eric Voorhees. Because Maybe, like, yeah. he just like, I got out of there in time. Uh, we yeah. really have to wrap it up. We got one last hyper chat thing from 
uh, Yonatan, who was watching me on Ken Bozak's show earlier in the week. So, hi, glad to see you pop around. He just says, if you had to hold a form of P2P cash, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, BSV, for five years, which one would you hold and why? Let me quickly run down my thought process on this. Uh, so, first off, why not diversify? But it's not about holding and guessing. Let the market decide on its own. What I do in my personal life is I live on crypto, right? As we already know, but I, I spend and use these things and I let who's willing to send these to me and where can I use them? I let that determine, I guess, the holdings. So I just like keep living on crypto. And if like all of a sudden eCash comes out of nowhere and it just it has some super good use case, I'm going to need some of that. And then what happens like at, I don't want to decide. I want the market to decide for me. And so that should kind of decide your holdings, not like I'm going to bet on speculatively on these things. I'm just mm -hmm. use them in your day-to-day -day life. See what's useful, you know, acquire what is useful, discard what is not. And then just, just use them over time and then just see what other people are using. And then just over time, you know, eventually you won't even have to make, you'll never have to make the decision. It'll be made for you if you do that. I don't know if you have a, countering take or at all but yeah what do you think yeah not i completely agree with everything you said as i said before i'm a very practical person when it comes to my crypto life there are some things that you know i'm holding because i could definitely see a potential use case of it it's not here yet but i could say like well, that thing is going to be the center pin for the crypto mm -hmm. world like things like thorchain for example the fact that we now have a you know a cross-chain dex that's truly decentralized is really really exciting so i think that that's going to be the next uniswap um but in terms of like p2p cash i completely agree with joelle um for me p2p cash it's not about what i think is gonna boom in that realm going forward it's like what am i using right now um what is available what options are there what's most useful and that dictates my holdings at any given time the great thing about crypto is that it's so fluid it's so easy to transact between different coins um and so you know as long as that fluidity and liquidity continues as long as you still have like decentralized methods uh for exchanging the stuff you don't have to keep trusting middlemen i think that cryptos like are going to keep continue to exist concurrently there that doesn't need to be like a winner take all at all yeah so we gotta end so really quick um cointr.e slash nbtv Throw Naomi some money. Cointr.e slash BitcoinJake09. Throw him some money. And now I'm going to roll. Jake money. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you next week. I'm rolling right into the Dash podcast. If you want to watch that, there's going to be a new YouTube video that pops up. But if you're watching on Odyssey, just stay on the same link and just wait five or so minutes. You'll see the next one start. So thanks so much, Naomi. It's been pretty great. And yeah. Thank you. Well. We'll see you Bye. guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.